Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JT and the Don at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don. I'm the Don, Donato Bucci. And remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you listen to all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember, please leave us a five-star review. Thank you to Nicole Thompson for that great introduction and to our guy, Mike Regina, for the wonderful intro music. It was another action-packed weekend this past weekend, including a huge boxing match, which we'll get to later in the show. But first, let me welcome in everyone's favorite, JT, Jimmy Thompson. How you feeling today? I'm doing good. I should have known there was no way for us to get around you trying to sneak boxing into the show. But hey, you can't say that I don't let you talk about it. We're talking about it today, so I don't want to hear any complaining from you. Sneak boxing in? That was the biggest fight of the year. Sneak boxing in? Come on. If we're not going to talk about it this episode, when would we ever talk about it? That's the point. We, don't, we shouldn't have to talk about oh, it. But that's, that's awful. Come on. That, some great fights out there. All right, whatever. So we the know fight game. When we get to the boxing section, it's just going to be him telling us about how much he loved the fight. But let's get to what everyone really wants to talk about, and that's football. Dallas Cowboys, man, how bad are they <laughs> right now? So they lost again on Monday at home to the Cardinals in a blowout loss, uh, 38 to 10. Now, this is the funny thing. They're still in first place in the NFC East, but Jerry Jones said on 105.3 The Fan this week that Dallas is in a, quote, not in a feel-good mood. So as terrible as that division is, do you think they can still make the playoffs? Nah, it's over for them. Like Vince Carter said in what the 2001 slam dunk contest, it's over. Oh, it's like BC over? Like with the hands and everything? Hands and everything. Listen, you got the Eagles in that division. And the Cowboys at this point, JT, I know they're in first place, but they're only up half a game. And they still, meaning the Cowboys, have to play the Eagles twice. And I'm not convinced because the Eagle or the Cowboys still have to play Washington twice. I'm not convinced the Cowboys beat them twice. All right. And they still got to play the Giants again, which they barely beat at home with Dak for a majority of that game. So that's not a given. And those are all divisional matchups. All right. And then on top of that, this is their out of division uh, schedule the Steelers, the Ravens. And the 49ers. Now, the 49ers, not as good as last year, but we saw the potential that they have in that Sunday night game against the Rams. And this is the biggest thing, all right, JT? If their defense was playing at the level it was, what, three years ago or four years ago? Oh, yeah, the defense is atrocious. I I would say – and that's what I have written down. That's my notes. Defense is atrocious. So, if it was four years ago, the Cowboy defense, I'd say they're fine. But that defense – is not winning any games and you saw it against Arizona. I want to agree with you, but just for the simple fact that that whole division is terrible. 
to say they're out of it and it's over, I just can't go all the way there. We both agree the defense is terrible, but I think it's also a product of the defense is banged up. So hopefully they get some guys back. I think they got Vander Esch back this past Monday night. Uh, I think Sean Lee at some point is coming back. Don't know how much he has left in the tank, but just to have healthy bodies that you know in the past have played some sort of good defense on the field. I know they're banged up in the secondary too. So even though they don't have Dak, it's the vision is winnable. The Eagles are the only threat, and they're they're banged up too. I'm not really sweating the Giants or uh, Washington. I think with Andy Dalton at quarterback, they can beat those two teams. And if you can sit here and honestly tell me that, Barrett, let's let's throw out what we saw on Monday night because I felt like that was the first game without Dak. You trying to tell me Andy Dalton can't engineer this team to seven wins? I think they can. I don't believe that he can because of that defense. And we're going to get to another question later. There's another reason why I don't believe he can, that Dak could. And I'm not saying they were going to go like 12-4 and with Dak. I think they were going to be a nine-win team with Dak. I think Dak definitely gave them a much better shot at the playoffs. But it's going to be like last year. The Eagles at the end are somehow going to figure out how to win that division, and the Cowboys don't. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. But let's go to – how bad they looked on Monday night. I just couldn't get over that. Does it change your mind about Dak getting a long-term deal? I'm not quite sure what that question means. If you meant that he should have got one before this. Well, well like, I'll put it this, this way. Does, does, this change, does, this change, does this change your mind about Dallas giving him a long-term deal? Yes or no. Should they give him one or should they not? Well, I told you from before they should have. So my... I've told you this before that they should have signed him to a long-term deal before this season. So in my opinion, my opinion doesn't change. They should have signed him before Amari Cooper got signed, before Zeke got paid, before Jalen Smith got paid and name all the other guys that they gave extensions or they Mm -hmm. signed before Dak. This only confirms it in my opinion, but it, this shouldn't have had to happen for the Cowboys to realize how valuable Dak was to them. Some people are, just just aren't smart, right? And now, and now maybe the Cowboys realize it, and and they'll they'll figure out, hey, if he comes back healthy, we'll, we're definitely doing a long term deal. But it shouldn't have taken this type of injury for them to realize that. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm not going to even delve too deep into it. To me, I think Jerry Jones needs to fly to Dak's house and beg him to sign a long-term deal. That's how bad they need to get this done. And he th- that game showed you this is the difference between a true franchise quarterback and the next guy. You see what Andy, you see what your ceiling is with Andy Dalton, and you see what your ceiling is with the Dak Prescott that's ascending and getting better every year. It's no comparison. And if anybody learned how valuable Dak is. I hope it's the Dallas Cowboy fans because they're the ones that are more on the fence than they should be about, oh, is Dak the guy? Is Dak not the guy? You see what life is like without him. So you should be pushing Cowboys management to get this done. But you still believe they could make the playoffs? with? I still do. I still do because the division is bad. Not necessarily because I believe the team is still good. The other teams are horrible too. At some point though, you got to win games. Yeah, so, I mean, but they doesn't matter who it's against. They got to figure out how to win games without Dak. Well, I'll tell you what, they can't win without Zeke Elliott. So I kind of want to ask you about him. He had a terrible game, another bad game. He hasn't been great this year, but this one on Monday night was terrible. What, 12 carries, 49 yards, 
two fumbles. I thought he should have. I thought he was going to have more. He just totally, totally blew the game. You just mentioned Dak should have been paid before him and some other guys. Do you think Zeke's best playing days are behind him? I want to go back to that Monday night game real quick. That first fumble, I felt, changed the whole um, moment, the moment complexion of the game. Of the game. Yep, it changed the whole complexion of the game for the Cowboys, and they were done after that. To get to your question, are his best playing days behind him? Yes, JT. I mean, his rookie Why am I year, even asking you about this? I'm asking you as a running I, back finish. <laughs> I, I never expected you to say no. Here's the thing. For, any, for you guys that are want, listening, but the only running back that he will ever say is not finished is Chris Carson. Don't ask me why, but that's the only running back that can play forever in his mind. And Jerome Bettis. Jerome Bettis still got 30 good carries in him. That's true. You would sign <laughs> Jerome Bettis right now to Dallas and give him half the carries. Goal line. He'd be a fantasy. Everyone would pick him up in fantasy. Um, but let me go through the stats. You know I love looking at the stats. Rookie season, 322 rushing attempts, over 1,600 yards, 15 touchdowns. His yards per game, JT, 108.7. What a rookie year. Following year, didn't play all 16 games, 242 carries, 983 yards, 7 touchdowns. His yards per game, though, went down to 98.3. Now, third year, 304 carries. We always talk about that 300 mark. That magic number. Four, 1,434 yards, six touchdowns. Yards per game, though, 95.6. Are you noticing a trend? 108 to 98 to 95. Last year, 301 carries, 1,357 yards, 12 touchdowns. A really good year. But yards per game, JT, 84.8. Went from 95 to 84. This year so far, 101 carries over – a little over 400 yards, five touchdowns, but yards per game, 68.8. He went from 108 in his rookie year to 68 this year. That's a 40-yard drop per game. He's had three seasons of over 300 rushing attempts. His best days are behind him, and that is why they should not have signed him to the long-term deal, let alone sign him before Dak got paid. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on this. His best days are behind him. I think some of it is his own fault, and I think some of it is his circumstances around him. Absolutely can't argue the stats. He's averaging his lowest of his career this year in yards per, yards per game, yards per carry, yards per reception. And he's, like you said, all those numbers are down, not just from last year, but his rookie year. All his averages are down. But here's the thing. His usage this year is elite. It's, he's, he's having more usage this year than at any point in his career. So theoretically, you're getting used more. You should be playing better, but he's not. And to me, I've noticed this. I think we've talked about this several times offline. To me, I feel like the past two years, he's just looked out of shape. And he just, I remember he used to have the six pack. That's why I used to wear his, uh, his jersey. Top, the crop top. Yeah, the crop top. And, you know, now it's just a crock pot. And, I, like he got a tattoo on his on his stomach. I don't even know what it says. I couldn't read it. So I mean, he he just doesn't look like he's taking the game as serious as he was before he got paid. And then you look at the, like I said, the situation around him. Tyron Smith, probably one of the best left tackles that we've seen since we've been you know competently watching football. He's broken down. He's out probably for the rest of this year, and he hasn't been right probably the last two or three years. Travis Frederick. Five-time Pro Bowler, retired. Zach Martin, six-time Pro Bowler, five-time All-Pro. 
on a decline. Got knocked out of that game with a concussion. He's been injury riddled. And then you got guys like L. Collins. He's out for the season with hip surgery. The entire engine that was supposed to make this team go, which is why they didn't take that signing him to a long-term deal serious, is all of a sudden a weakness now. Your running back got out of shape and fat, and your offensive line got old and injured overnight. And now they don't have anything. So, yeah, his best days are behind them because the old line is no longer there, but also he just looks disinterested, unfocused, and paid. It's time for them to find a replacement. Well, you said it right there, that last thing. And that is why in the NFL, I don't believe in those big extensions, big contracts for running backs. You said he got paid, and now what's he got to play for? Why would he sacrifice his body like that in the NFL when he's guaranteed whatever, 40, 50 million? I mean, a little bit of that, you got to know your player too. A little bit of that motivation, maybe it's not there now that the money, he's not chasing that money. I, I don't know. They know him better than us. He but ain't I'm been the saying. same since Cabo, and I feel like the reason they paid him, it was perfect timing because they weren't sure about Dak, and I think they tried to hedge their bets by signing Zeke because he was already proven. And then who knows? Who knew? Two years later, Dak would look like a top-five quarterback. So Good point. Good point. You win some, you lose some. Yep. Well, speaking of quarterbacks, I can't believe we've been talking about this, but let's uh, go to the Tennessee Titans. So they had a come-from-behind victory this past weekend over the Texans. Uh, the final score was 42 to 36 in overtime. Derrick Henry ran wild like a grown man, had 212 yards rushing, two touchdowns, and Ryan Tannehill added an additional 364 through the air with four more touchdowns. Seems like he's throwing four touchdowns every week now. So I hate to even bring this up. Is it time for us to change our opinions on Ryan Tannehill and finally give him credit? Absolutely. He's my dark horse sleeper to win the MVP now this year since last oh, week. Oh, so you just flipped him since, the MVP yep, dark horse. Told you since last week. Since Did you last have him week. on a fantasy team or something and he helped you pull through, so now he's an MVP dark horse? Nope, but I wish I did. Bad, oh. bad drafting by me. Hold on, time out. Before we get into this, Derrick Henry, I don't want to just shadow, uh, overshadow him, but 212 yards. I know you mad about that 98-yard run that he had <laughs> when he already had 100 yards rushing in the game. Why you got to bring up old stuff? Why you got to bring saying, up old man. stuff? I played him in two of my three fantasy leagues. Can you believe that? What are the odds? You you see, you so bad about playing Derrick Henry in your fantasy leagues. Imagine the guys that's out there. They don't want to tackle him. It's obvious. <laughs> I know he's fast, but he's just running by people because they don't want nothing to do with him. Hey, but, they have it worse than me, then. They have it worse than me. Would you rather would you rather go undefeated in all your fantasy leagues or try to tackle Derrick Henry one time? So you get I mean, all you get you get all the money from all the fantasy leagues you're in, or you get to tackle Derrick Henry. I want to tackle Derrick Henry. Bring it on. I want to tackle Derrick Henry. Yeah, we I may not him. have a shoulder afterward, but bring it on. We're gonna put you in concussion protocol because you ain't sounding right. But Tannehill, is it time to give him credit? Of course, I told you, absolutely. All right, Arthur – now, I'll give Arthur Smith credit. He has done wonders for Ryan Tannehill. No, 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 or speak maybe, up on Arthur. You, oh, you, brought, oh, you brought him into the light last show. Speak up oh, Speak up on him. I did. He's the dark I, horse coaching candidate of the year. I, Come on, say that. I said I, he has done wonders for Ryan Tannehill. But maybe also it's that it was just Tannehill – Getting out of the setting of Miami and especially away from Adam Gase. It may mm -hmm. have just been that. But I want to bring something up. We talk about, oh, finally give him credit and do we need to change our opinions. You know what? 
maybe our opinion from the get-go was wrong to begin with because look at these stats. I'm going to bring up stats again. 2014, this is six years ago. He's a Dolphin. 4,045 passing yards, 27 touchdowns, only 12 interceptions, yards per attempt 6.9. Not that much. 2015, 4,208 yards, 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions again, yards per attempt 7.1. Now last year in only 12 games, 2,742 yards, 22 touchdowns, only six interceptions, but yards per attempt, this is where Arthur Smith and that Tennessee offense, along with Derrick Henry, has helped. 9.6 yards per attempt. I think Tannehill had it all along. It was Miami without a running game and Tannehill having to deal with Adam Gase. Well, it's just Miami in general, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I agree with you about the Miami, and especially the Adam Gase point. I mean, Adam Gase... If you didn't know it then, you know it now. He basically kills football players no matter what position you play. The only person that's immune to Adam Gase's terrible coaching is Jamison Crowder. Go figure. I don't know what kind of secret sauce he has. That's the only player. Him and Jarvis Landry are the only two guys. But everybody has played bad under Gase. I mean, you, the list is endless. But like you said on the last episode, he's in a system that's tailor-made to his skill set. It's basically bootlegs and play action off of the Derrick Henry running game. And he's just finding guys running wide open down the field. And it's, he's in that opportunity where we think it's good coaching, but it's better coaching that he had in Miami. And it's meeting, you know, his actual physical talent, which we knew we had. That's why they took him in the top 10 of the draft. We knew he could throw. We knew he was athletic. So he's in a great situation. So I am ready to give him credit. Here's the only thing I'm going to pause on. Your stats that you gave me, they're all great. I agree. They're way better than when he was in Miami. And ever oh, since he took no, over no, this hold, hold on, hold on. Two of those three years I named were Miami stats, over 4,000 yards back No, I know, years. but, I mean, his the way he's playing, his efficiency is better than he was in Miami. I mean, since he took over the job last year until now, I mean, he's at an all-time high with just how efficient he is with the stats. I'm willing to say he's much better. He's changed my mind. Here's the only thing that's holding me back at this point. First five games of the season, Broncos, Jaguars, Vikings, Buffalo, Texans. That ain't exactly a murderer's row. And I think he got lucky because the game they were supposed to play against you guys, which they're going to play this weekend, it got postponed. That was a bye week. So he's done great. And that's not exactly a great schedule. Here's where if he makes it through this gauntlet, this is where I'll really start to give him credit. The next four out of five games are against the Ravens, the Bears, the Colts, and they got the Steelers defense this weekend. If he can make it through that stretch of the schedule and still not have a drop-off in his play, I'm willing to put him in the top six quarterbacks in the NFL. Okay, but again, he can only play who's on his schedule. And right now – I agree. Right now, he's playing unbelievable. But here's the thing. If Dak Prescott was in the same situation and we're talking about him getting paid, we're like, all right, he played these okay teams, but now he's got this murderous row of defenses coming up. If he he's got to go through that and prove himself before we we're ready to give him X, Y, and Z accolades. And I'm going to apply the same thing to Tannehill. He's shown me enough to tell me he's got it. Guess what? Do it now. Everybody knows you're the guy. They know you're coming. These are the best defenses in the league. 
if you can put up stats on them, I'm ready to be a believer. And that's, 100%. And that's true, but you're going to just throw out last year? He went no, through not. a tough that's why we, He went through the playoffs? Having this did, did, they not, did they not beat Baltimore yes. in the playoffs? Well, Derrick Henry beat everybody in the playoffs. He was still the quarterback. I know. I'm not saying he's trash. I'm just saying, look. If we're really sounds like, like it. I feel like we're having this conversation because we're ready to put him at a certain level. And for me to put him at a certain level, I want to see him do it when it's not a surprise. Everybody has tape you, on you. You're going back to back to back. Good defenses. I want to see him do it. You're just a bitter Dolphin fan right now because he I'm not at all. I'm because, to be honest with you. I'm glad we didn't sign him to a long term deal because I don't know if we had the right situation in place to do what he's doing now. So it would have been a waste of money for us to pay him again. Well, at some point, you got to spend money on good players. The the mat, the question is, do the Dolphins realize when they have good players? So well, I think I think we do now. But speaking we'll talk about that. speaking of the Miami Dolphins, on Tuesday, reports surfaced that the Dolphins will start Tua Tagovailoa at QB for their Week Eight matchup against the LA Rams, which those rep- reports were confirmed by the Dolphins and Brian Flores. So. JT, this is your team. What are your thoughts on the Dolphins naming Tua the starter for week eight? I don't get it. And I don't understand why fans are so excited. <laughs> I just, what, are we, what are we in such a rush to do? I don't get it. And before I answer my question, yes, I'm a Dolphins fan. But let me preface my opinion on the whole Tua situation. Donato, you know for how long I've been, I feel like almost two years I've been on this hype train. I was like, look, Trevor Lawrence needs to be the guy. We got all these high draft picks for the next couple of years. We build up, we draft everything else we need, and then we wait for that guy. And I understood why we took Tua in the draft. He fell to five. If he didn't suffer that hip injury his last year, I believe he would have been number one over Joe Burrow. So we needed a quarterback. The best one in the draft when healthy fell to us. I understand why they did it. Now, here's the thing. I don't get it because Ryan Fitzpatrick has been playing well all year. We are three and three. We're second in the AFC East. And those three losses were close competitive losses to basically playoff teams. So I don't understand that. And just look at his stats. Over 1,500 yards passing, 70% completion percentage, and 10 touchdowns. We are in a playoff hunt. Why would you turn over the keys of this team to a rookie with zero NFL experience and zero preseason experience? So he's basically starting from scratch. The only two reasons that I can think of as to why we would make this move, one we talked about off air is I didn't think that Brian Flores would go to this, but I think it's the pressure of ownership saying, look, we're going to make him the starter and pressure from the media. That's the only those are some of the only reasons I could think of and pressure on him to play him. When you see the other rookies that were drafted ahead of him playing well, Justin Herbert's playing out of his mind. Gerald Burrow is, is proven that he can play in this league. Everybody's like, okay, two is up. He's the next guy. When are you going to showcase him? And I think that's 90% of what's going on. It's just a pressure to play him, but 10% of this calm. It could be a conspiracy theory. I think the dolphins just want to see, what they have in him so they know if they have to make a decision to draft a quarterback in next year's draft because next year's draft is loaded i think the draft for quarterbacks next year is going to be better than the one that we just had and i think they are preparing themselves 
in case they're in a Josh Rosen type situation. I so bad wanted to disagree with you, but I I got to agree with you. I'm confused. That, those are my thoughts on why they're going to Tua. They're three and three. Not only do they have a shot at the play or they're in the playoff point, they have a real shot at the division at this point. You know, and they still have three divisional games, which one of those will be the Jets. They almost beat Buffalo, and that New England game was the first one of the year. And we if, all, if, and we basically held Russell Wilson to his worst game and, of the year. And I was going to say, you only lost to the Jets by one score. It was eight points. You've won three of your last four. You, in fact, of those, you blew out the 49ers, who, again, Sunday night, Looked awesome against the Rams. You shut out the Jets. Fitzpatrick, last three games, 315 yards, 315 yards, 350 yards in three touchdowns against San Francisco without throwing a pick. And then even against the Jets, 191 yards before he got pulled, three touchdowns. Yes, he threw two interceptions, but again, he got the job done. And I know the Jets aren't a great team, but listen, he still took you to three wins. Again, he can only play the teams that are on his schedule, and he's three and three. And I understand what you're saying. I, I told you, by the way, I don't, I don't like doing this, but I told you that eventually Flores would have to succumb to the pressure of ownership, media, and fans to play Tua. Unless also, Fitzpatrick also, was 6-0. and oh. Well, also, too, another reason why I agree, I think that's mainly what it is, is Everybody just seemed blindsided like they didn't know it was going to happen. The players came out and there were, there were reports that they had no idea. They found out by seeing it on TV. And Fitzpatrick was genuinely blindsided. And he, you can see in his interview, he's upset. Well, he, he thought this was his team. And, he's, you know, he seems upset about this came out of nowhere that him getting benched for the rookie. He said it in, in quote here, his heart just hurt all day. He didn't know this was happening. He thought he was the guy. He thought Tua was coming in <laughs> to just kind of the mop-up duty of a blowout win. But in Not fairness, to take though, his actual job. But in fairness, though, Fitz has been saying it, unless he's just been bullshitting with us, excuse my language, but he's been saying it all year. Yeah, I'm just here to, to hold the clipboard for the rookie. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just here to wait for him to be ready. And I think that time came sooner than he thought it would because he thought at this point he probably thought they would be a two – Two, two win team at most had no idea they'd be sitting basically atop the division so now he's like look we're good let's roll like we can do this yeah nah sorry <laughs> the rookie's coming in well, time for you to take a seat well you're right he has said all the right things he showed a little bit of emotion that day of but I think he's a professional I think he'll get back in there you know get the team going um encourage Tua and be ready if his number does get called if Tua struggles the other reason why I think they're making this move is at this time is because of the bye week. I think if they were rolling into the Rams game without a bye week uh, against Aaron Donald, I don't know if you want to be putting Tua in on just a week notice. So that might be a big key. A big part of it was the bye week. Well, you know what? And we'll move on after this. You brought up a really good point about the bye week. So, I think we had already, always been joking about, oh, will Fitzpatrick make it through the bye week as a starter? We had been joking about that because I've been trying to trade you him in fantasy forever. And I was like, as long as they're winning, they're not going to bench him for Tua because there's no reason to do it. And the only reason I thought that they wouldn't 
buckle to the pressure is because I thought, okay, they're winning. As long as Fitz is playing well and they're winning, they won't do it. But then I looked at their schedule. At the beginning of the year, I looked at this schedule and I was like, where would Tua play? And I was like, you know what? After their bye week is actually not that great of a, of a gauntlet to put him through before the season. But now with everything going on, I see why they're doing it. Just look at their look at the remaining schedule. They got the Rams. That might be the toughest game he plays all year. That's followed by the Cardinals, the Chargers, the Broncos, the Jets again, the Bengals, KC, the Patriots, which we know they're not the Patriots of old, the Raiders, and then the Bills. Those are all winnable games if Tua just plays competent football. So I don't think I think they're putting them in because they're not afraid of the schedule. I, I'd be a little worried. There's some good, good enough defenses there to give them a tough There is one good defense in that group, maybe two. For sure, definitely I like Casey's defense and then the Chargers defense. All the rest of those are beatable. They are giving up ridiculous amount of points and yards. Tell me I, one good I, defense in that group. The Rams I, are going to be as tough as test. That's well, it. the Rams, but I think you're underestimating some of those other name the name the list after the Rams again. We'll just go through this real quick. Arizona, they have a good defense. Forget not, what you saw on Monday night. I'm just saying. I mean, not a great, not a great defense. We'll go top 15 defense. Cardinals, maybe 15. Without Chandler Jones, don't think so. Chargers, I put them in the list of challenging defenses. Yes. I think they're top yes. 15. Yes. Denver Broncos. I gotta say yes. Nah, you don't think so. I, Jets, I think so. Jets, I think top you look defense. at what they did against that Steeler offense in the second half and what they did against New England. Come on, you know you're gonna be worried about them. They've been able Jets, top 15 defense. Well, no, of course. Bengals. Not. No. KC, I like that defense. KC's gonna be a tough but that's what I'm saying. You gotta remember this too, JT. He's a rookie. You're just thinking he's gonna roll into I'm not Greg I'm Williams. Not. I don't defense. think he should be playing. You never but- know. I'm trying to make sense of the stupid decision that that my Dolphins made. I don't know what they're doing. We'll just, you know, hold our breath and hope for the best. Fair enough? Fair enough. Can we stop talking about your Dolphins? Boy. Yeah, gladly, gladly. Two, I hope you go undefeated, and I hope we go to the Super Bowl. So that way everyone can be happy. All right, so let's switch gears and go to the NBA. Let's talk about your favorite player, Dwight Howard. So, I know – how much it hurt you to see him win a title this year. And he won one with the Lakers and LeBron. So I don't know if you've gotten over that yet, but even though he's on the backside of his career, I want to ask you a really interesting question and see if you can answer this as non-biased as possible. Is Dwight Howard a first ballot Hall of Famer? Can we go back to talking about the Dolphins? Nah, that ship has sailed. You're going to have to put it on wax right now. Talk about him. All right. First, got to clear something up. Not my favorite player. Clearly not my favorite player. All right. And, you know, JT, we joke a lot here. And, you know, I pretend sometimes to get overly upset with you about things. Oh, you ain't pretending. But this time, I've never been more upset at you than you sneaking this question in in our production meeting when I clearly don't want to talk about it, it just grinds my gears. Okay. This and is so, what's going on in the world of sports right now. This is, these are conversations that no, who's having, having this conversation. A lot of people are having this conversation, uh, man. What a waste of time. Talk about something else. This is a waste of time. Almost don't want to answer it, but listen, I got to, I got to vent a little bit first. 
he had it all in Orlando, okay? He was young. The team was built around him. I thought you didn't want to talk about He that. had very good players around him. Vince Carter signed there as a free agent. Now, now this was Vince still somewhat just on the end of his prime, all right? But he wanted to play in Orlando, play with Dwight. Dwight could have recruited guys there, Florida, no state income tax, and he could have been the one to create the first modern-day super team instead of LeBron and Wade and Bosh. But you know what? For no good reason, he wanted to leave the Magic. For no good reason. Why? Because you couldn't get along with Stan Van Gundy? You could have got another coach in there. They were going to pick the player over the coach every day of the week in the NBA. So I had the vent there, JT, because personally, that right there, along with some of these other things, cost him the first ballot. It's not that I, – I, I'll say this. He's a Hall of Famer. Putting all of my emotions and bias aside, he's a Hall please of Famer. Put that, because, please put that aside. Because I just answer at, the damn question. I, is he a first ballot or not? I told you no. He is a Hall of Famer, but not a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer because of the five-time rebound champ, three-time defensive player of the year, four-time all-defense team, eight-time NBA All-Star selection. But this is why he's not first ballot, Okay. What has he done on the back end, meaning the last, oh, I don't know, eight years of his career? Nothing. He has done nothing. You take away this ring. He's, he didn't even earn this ring, okay? 2012 was his last award. First of all, first of all, let don't, me finish. Don't Howard interrupt. Like that. Don't interrupt. It seem like he was Dion Waiters. Don't he interrupt. Played. Don't interrupt when I'm talking about the magic and Dwight Howard and when I'm trying to defend my opinion with Dwight Howard because you know the way I am. You already upset me. Don't make me more upset. 2012 was his, it, 2012 was his last award, first NBA uh, NBA first team and NBA all uh, all defensive team. Those were his last awards. JT, that was eight years ago. What in the world makes you think this guy had half a career? He went from 04 to 2012. Yeah, very good center, but 2013 to 2020, what has he really done on the back end of his career? Nothing. Nothing. That is why he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. Is he Hall of Famer? Sure. First ballot? No. And this is the other reason why he's not first ballot. What great centers did he go against? This guy, the most he ever averaged was 22.9. If Shaq was playing in the era of 2004 to 2020, Shaq would be averaging over 30 points because, granted, the game has changed. Coaches would have no other choice but to feed them the ball because guess what? Centers nowadays for the Houston Rockets are 6'8". Shaq would have owned them, owned them. His field goal percentage would have been 100%. That is why Dwight Howard is not a first ballot Hall of Famer is because the competition he played against, he did not dominate enough. And without getting you into trouble, how many times have we talked about you can't do the, oh, if he played in this era – It'd be different. Yeah, guess what? If I put Dwight Howard back to play with Bob Cousy, his stats would probably be much better. But there's a difference. So, so anyway, there's a so difference. Anyway. There's a difference. The difference is he should have dominated this era. It's not saying that he played Bruh. against great what do you, guys. What do you want him to do? You just already read off all his stats. I'm gonna add eight time all again, all, eight time all NBA, eight time all star, and five time all defense. And I said all that. I said all that. Yeah, I know. You, you, you missed the, all, you missed the all NBA. But absolutely, he's a what first guy Hall point? of Famer. It ain't no argument. How? 
it, he hasn't done anything in eight years. He got a he got a ring and he got all these accolades to his name. And then you act you're acting like the NBA Hall of Fame isn't the easiest Hall of Fame to get into out of all the sports. Just look at some of the guys that are in there. You telling me he's not better than Mitch Richmond, Matumbo, Bernard King, Vladi Divas, and Yao Ming? Because they all in there. How many of those? How, how much? They all in there. You want to talk about what has he done in the back of his ballot. career? Yao, Yao he, had the shortest you're, you're career for anybody answer. I know that's in the Hall of Fame. You don't even know what the question is. Yes, I it's answered, first ballot. Yes, I answered yes. Hall of Guess Fame. What? Yes, and I'm telling you, he's a first ballot Hall of Fame. Were those Easy. guys first ballot? He, I Were feel those like guys he would have been first ballot without the ring, and now he definitely JT, is with the ring. Answer. He's going to get in, and I know you're going to be pissed off. Yes, get over it. He left your magic because guess what? Other than me, nobody else wants to live in Orlando. You don't even want to live in Orlando. I try to get you to move to Orlando so we can have the show in the same city plenty of times. What do you What do you always tell me? Oh, no, I got to have a beach. You think you're the only one that want to go to the beach? He didn't want to be there no more than you wanted to be there. That's why he left. Had nothing to do with the coach. Had nothing to do with you. Oh, we're going to build pieces around him. He just don't want to live in Orlando. And trust me. I lived in Orlando. I love it. But guess what? The athletes that live there, they don't love it. That's why they want to get out. JT, answer this question. Of those Is he guys, a first ballot Hall of Famer? Yes. Of Move those on. guys you named, do you know who's a first ballot? Is Mitch Richmond a first ballot? Hell no. Is Yao Ming? No. Is Takimbe Mutombo? Is he? I don't know. I'm asking know. you. You pulled the names out. You better. I'm know just saying the these guys are in there, and his stat and his but his again, career accolades are way better than him. It's not even on the same level. But that so if this is the if this is the normal Hall of Fame for the basketball, Dwight Howard's career accolades are at another level than these guys. And these are good players. We know who these guys are. You need to face the facts. Yes, I know you hate Dwight Howard, but guess what? Everybody that's the first ballot Hall of Famer ain't going to be Jordan and LeBron. That's just the way it is. But JT, the question is first yes, ballot. Yes, he's first ballot. Yes. I am. I am not arguing that he's a Hall of Fame. He's first ballot. How many times do I need to say it? Yes. So is he? But yes, taking out who he has to go in, we're not looking at the class he's going to go against because we don't know yet, depending on when he retires. But my whole point is: is he better than KG? Is he better than Kobe? All these guys are first ballot. When you think of first ballot, that's what you're thinking of. And that's all I'm saying. And yes, everybody, everybody, go against, everybody's not Kobe. But if, you're thinking, you're thinking of those guys because yes, are they offensive juggernauts to where Dwight's not? Yes. But here's the thing: I would put his impact on some of the same level maybe as KG. Guess what? He came out of high school too. He lived up to the hype. Did he develop on offense? No. But that was never going to be him. He's probably one of the top six best defensive players of all time in the NBA. Okay, so Takimbe Mutombo is a great defensive player. That is why he's in the Hall of Fame. Why wasn't he first ballot then? Was he averaging 20 a game? It doesn't matter. You just okay. said he's not known for his offense. It's about his defense. That's why he's getting in. Well, Takimbe Mutombo got in because of that, but he wasn't first ballot. Face it, man. Dwight Howard's a first ballot Hall of Famer on the Cincinnati. He's not even a top 15 the center Cincinnati. of all time, and look, you want man, to put him in the first look, ballot. Man, we, got, we got a time clock on this episode. Thank you. Know, you. The Thank people goodness. say we talk too much. They want us to do shorter show. He didn't Thank want to talk about this, but he just kept talking. So Thank anyway, what else we got? Thank goodness. We got Giannis Antetokounmpo. He is the biggest My name. man on the with the pronunciation. I like it. That's yes. how pissed off he is. He's, he's going back to his, his lawyer mindset of just pronouncing shit correctly. He is the biggest name on the free agent market in the NBA next summer. So 
the Bucks will be able to offer Giannis a max contract extension, technically, I believe a super max contract extension beginning later this year of five years worth around $221 million. However, reports are that even if he does not sign the extension, the team has no plans to trade him. So, JT, where will Giannis be playing his home games in the 2021-22 season? Shout out. Can you say his name one more time? Giannis, I don't believe you could do it twice. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Wow. Bam! Wow. Damn, Hooked on Fondness worked for him, for sure. All right, so everything, because what you, what, you, what you read, that's what's been out there for a while. They've always been saying they're not going to trade him no matter what offers is being dealt. Also, you know, with the Supermax, the home team always can offer the biggest contract. He's also came out and said that he doesn't want to leave. So everything on face value tells me that he's going to stay with the Bucks. But you just know in your heart of hearts, you know that's not true. You know he's going to get out of there. And I think it's the Heat. And they're the best fit. I think we got the best cap situation for him because we can make things happen. And if he wants to win for the next five years, he has to come here. If he's here with Butler, Bam, and those shooters and that depth that we have, we'll dominate the East. And he won't even have to worry about it. And hell, maybe we can bring Dwight Howard too. Have some defensive depth as well. That is an unbeatable squad. He knows this is the best fit for him. He knows this is the best management fit for him in the league. And I really don't believe he wants to stay in Milwaukee. I'm just going to ignore the Dwight Howard comment at this point. So let me ask you a question. You like Giannis, right? I do. I do. So, so if Giannis came, you I know you love Jimmy Butler. So if Giannis came here and we also signed Dwight Howard, you're just going to stop rooting for him? Rooting for Dwight? No, rooting for the team because Dwight's on it. See, he would be the reason I wouldn't want to root for the team now because I root for the Heat now. He'd anyway. be the reason I wouldn't want to root for because now he's just kind of freeloading. <laughs> anyway. So, and getting and getting so, rings that he hasn't earned. So so where is where where is uh Giannis playing 2021, 22? Right. So so I love how excited you are about the Heat getting him now. But I think for 2021, 22, I think what he's gonna do, he's gonna take a page out of the LeBron James book. He's going to sign, all right, he's gonna bypass the Supermax. He's going to sign a shorter deal during the 2021 summer to stay in Milwaukee. And then when the salary cap jumps in a couple years, he will sign a Supermax or possibly sign the Supermax and go somewhere else. So because the thing is, the Supermax contracts are tied to the percentage of the salary cap. So why not wait until it goes up? Because we know it's probably not going to go up all that much over the next year or two because of what because happened of COVID, with, yeah. with COVID. So I think, was down. I think he's going to give Milwaukee another shot. I, I do believe when he talks about really loving it there, wants to win there, and just wants to play basketball, yeah. I do believe that. And I know we heard that from KD back no, no, in the but, day. But, but here's, here's the thing. I feel like – But he's if, still if, young enough to believe that. If it were anybody other than him saying it, I don't think we would, be, we would believe him. But I think because – Giannis's personality we think of him as like that that naive goofy kid who just loves the game he's just not aware of things that are going on around him we just take him at face value I think he's playing us he he know where he wants to go and he, I don't think it's Milwaukee oh he he essentially has a plan and he's not just going to stay in Milwaukee forever but the question is 2021-22 season I think when he becomes a free agent 
this upcoming summer, in the summer of 2021, I think he signs a shorter deal like LeBron always did with Cleveland. I think I think going somewhere else, there's too many open places right now that are great opportunities for him to win. Now, he has one – he is in a good opportunity to win just based on what they've done the past couple of years. But I think he knows that the ceiling has sort of already been hit in Milwaukee, and I think he might see higher opportunities in other places. Well, there's always another opportunity around the corner. Well, shout out, Hong. we've seen. As much as I want him to come to the Heat, one team I'm not just totally disregarding, the Warriors, because I never know what they're doing. And he's a guy that I can see at the last minute, like a KD thing, like, oh, you know, he's heading out to play with Stephen Clay. So we'll see what happens. Yep. That that would be interesting. All right, let's talk some boxing, JT. Nah, you go talk. We just go listen. <laughs> Last weekend, Tiafimo Lopez upset Vasily Lomachenko on his way to having four belts at the young age of 23. How crazy is that? I don't know if you saw it is crazy. I don't know if you saw the fight. Probably, by the way, you talk about how crazy it is, how unique uh is that probably will never happen again. And he's a does, child. <laughs> and if it does, it's going to be a long time from now because that does not happen <laughs> every year. Uh, so, JT, what was your reaction to the fight in his Lopez? This is the big question everyone's debating this week. In his Lopez, now the number one pound-for-pound boxer in the world, in your opinion. Prisoner of moment, I have to say Lopez is, and it's just because for two reasons. One, I know you're going to say he's not your boy, but you've been talking about Lomachenko for a while. Like, anytime he has a fight, you're like, hey, like, this is a guy that we need to be watching. He's the man. Like, he's got the belts. He's young. He's talented. And I think people thought that he was supposed to be that number one pound-for-pound fighter in boxing. Like, that's that's what the word on him was. But one thing I did not count on was leading up to this fight, Friends who I included, not you per se, you didn't say this to me, but other people that I know that I respect their boxing knowledge were basically saying like, look, you need to look out for Lopez. I think he is going to get him in this fight. I'm like, why don't I keep hearing that? It's Lomachenko. And sure enough, he wins. So, I mean, if he beat a guy that I thought was up there as one of the best, I got to say, he you got to be the best, you beat the best. He did. So he's the guy now. Yeah, I mean, first my reaction to the fight, and it came out later that Lomachenko oh, yeah. was getting um, injections. I believe injections, cortisone injections, maybe for injuring his shoulder prior to even the fight. Um, but anyway, Lopez showed he could be a tactical fighter, which some people didn't know that he could do that, especially against the caliber of a Lomachenko. And he grinded out a win, all right? He showed he's a warrior. Both guys are warriors. But I think there was questions on whether Lopez could could be that warrior, and he answered that, all right? And this is, you know, not to take away anything from Lomachenko, but Lopez is naturally the bigger fighter in terms of his physique. And I think it was not wise uh, by Lomachenko to move up and fight a guy like Lopez. And that caught up to him early on. I think he realized, wow, I'm in here with a dude that I have never been in the ring with before that actually could hurt me. And you saw through the first seven or eight rounds, he was very hesitant. They, they always talk about, oh, Lomachenko downloads the information in the first six rounds. Like, 
Nah, he wasn't downloading it. He was <laughs> it wasn't, just it wasn't computing. He, he was just worried. <laughs> he was just worried about getting knocked out because er, he was hoping Lopez would wear down and then he could go in. But at that point, even yeah. though Lopez was tired, Lomachenko didn't have the strength because he had been taking body shots and head shots from from a bigger Lopez. So you feel like this was basically a Fury Wilder situation where just Wilder well, was just like, I was not expecting this. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. It's different because Wilder is also a naturally big guy. No, I'm not talking about from like the comparison. I'm just talking about the situation where Wilder was like, you know, I'm going to be in this. I'm not worried. And then he just got surprised and it just never recovered from there. I think the surprise was, you're kind of right. I think the surprise was he didn't realize how big of a difference the physical stature of a guy could, could matter. Yeah. I think it's different than the Fury Wilder where Lomachenko going in was like Fury, more of the boxer, and Lopez and, and, was the brawler. Uh, and Wilder are more of the puncher. Whereas Lomachenko got in there and Lopez was unbelievable as a tactician that night. I mean, unbelievable. You could see his game plan from the beginning. I'm not trading blows with this guy. I'm going to work the body. I'm going to avoid that left. And, and that's what Lopez did. Now, is he the best pound-for-pound boxer? In the moment, it's easy to say yes, but I'm going to say no. It is Terrence Bud Crawford. He has held multiple world championships in uh, belts in three different weight classes. He's 36-0, and 0, all right? He's really the cream of the crop right now, now that Lomachenko fell. The only thing against Crawford is his age. He's 32, I believe, going into 33, but – He's, he's he, Bernard Hopkins, man. He, he is known as having – Fast hands, one of the smartest boxers today, if not in, in the past, I don't know, 10, 20 years, like a Mayweather as far as the IQ, his power, he's a counter puncher because of his great defense. And then he can switch from in, in the fight at any time from one stance to another, orthodox to southpaw. So guys are scared of him. And I would say Errol Spence Jr. prior to his accident with his car yeah, had a like shot. Him. Had a shot. I, I I love him as a fighter. Like him. Had a shot against Crawford, but I got to see more of Spence now to say that Spence would win that fight. So right now, it's Terrence Bud Crawford. All right. You guys heard it first here from Donnie Atlas. The, the fight game. <laughs> there we go. We'll give you your own section on the show every once in a while. We'll let you just ramble on about boxing. But no, good insight. Um, So let's go to what we usually do. Preview the NFL games for the weekend. Sound good? Yes, sir. All right, week seven, you know what we do during this section. Um, I want to know what are the top storylines or games you're looking forward to week seven. What you got? All right, I don't know if I took a couple. I know we usually do two or three. I'm pretty sure we got some of the same, but go ahead. (laughs) So, obviously, Steelers-Titans. To me, this is an old AFC Central matchup when the Titans were back in Houston, the House of Pain, the Astrodome. Uh, The the question here is, can the Steelers run defense stop Derrick Henry? That's what I got my popcorn for. I want to see in the trenches, can the Steeler defense without Devin Bush yeah, stop big there? loss. Big loss. Huge. Uh, but hopefully a speedy recovery to our guy, Devin Bush. I was so happy when we drafted him. And it's yeah, a shame that. we lose Shazier. We lose Bush. I hope the defense doesn't fall apart the way it did after the Shazier injury. Yeah, I was going to ask that question. Injury. Do you think that this is the same way when you guys lost Shazier? And you guys you guys really didn't recover until you got Bush. Exactly. And that's what I'm worried about because we got no depth 
at that middle linebacker position. I think it's um, not necessarily about depth either. I think it's just you you guys thrive when there's a, a athletic difference yes. maker at that position. And, and that's what you need nowadays. Uh, sideline and, to sideline guy that can just run. And a guy that can cover tight ends too. And I'm going to let you keep going, but I, I'm just going to say, yeah, we do have that same one. It's the battle of the unbeatens. Both are 5-0. and And I, I'm going to take the opposite side of that. I want to see can the Titans prove they're legit against the Pittsburgh defense. That's what I want to see. And that kind of piggybacks off of what I said about Tannehill. This is a proven game to me for the Titans because I'm really worried they're going to get exposed by, by the Steelers. I don't know. Losing Bush worries me on that one. Um, my second one is the Packers. I want to see how they bounce back because I think a lot of fans – They quit in that game. In that the was public, just... <laughs> they thought it was going to be Packers all day. Packers got up 10 nothing, and then all of a sudden – That pick six. The pick six, the Buccaneers defense. So, I want to see how they bounce back. They are playing a Texans defense that is known to give up points, though. And then this one, even though the fans won't be there, JT, a little intriguing to me. Jimmy G returns – to New England, um, the 49ers at New England, Jimmy G against Belichick. Will, again, Belichick regret trading him or the Patriots trading him? And Shanahan teams always play New England tough, by the way. So those are my top three storylines. All right. So my remaining three are, I'm just going to say this every week until it happens. Will Adam Gase be fired? <laughs> I just want to know how bad things can get before management is just like, all right, I know what we said, but we just can't keep doing this. So I'm predicting him to lose again this week. And I want to see how long he keeps his job. Side note, anybody that says the NFL is a meritocracy cannot say that as long as that man has a head coaching job. Anyway, another thing I'm looking forward to, I want to go to that same Patriots 49ers game. I'm really interested to see the matchup between, I'm assuming it's going to be George Kittle and Stefan Gilmore. I think that's who Belichick's going to put on him to try to take him out of the game. That should be epic. I think that's probably top five defensive offensive player matchups of the year. Uh, We'll look to see how Belichick schemes to try to take George Kittle out of the game. And then uh, this broke right before we recorded. I want to see if it's possible that the Raiders are going to play their next game without their entire, entire starting five offensive linemen. They're all, they all got sent home by Gruden and they're all on the COVID list either due to exposure or I think one or two tested positive, but there's a real legit shot that they're starting five. Not only will not play this game, but they're not even going to get into practice this week. And I can't imagine what life is going to be like for the quarterback car. If the, the five guys that he's used to playing with aren't blocking for him in that game. You know, what's interesting I'm, that I'm glad you brought that up. You know, what's interesting. They moved. That was supposed to be a Sunday night game. JT. They moved that they up. Flexed to four, it. They, they flexed it and they moved it up to four o'clock Sunday. Why not flex it out to the Monday night five o'clock game or Tuesday night? Can, exactly. And can we say this? One thing that I have enjoyed thoroughly this year is I think the NFL needs to think about doing this full time. We need two Monday night games. How good is it to have the game start at five? Like, you know what it's like to, for people on the West Coast now to get football early. Well, that's going to be the thing. They would never do that because the West Coast would always complain about so 2 o'clock. Care. They had their time to have two. early football. Let <laughs> us experience down the East Coast. I'm tired of staying up till midnight to watch you, damn Broncos and Chargers play on a baseball field every uh, every opening Monday night. Let us get some 5 o'clock games on the weekday. Yep. 
I agree. We that way we can watch the game on a weekday beginning to end and still get eight hours of sleep for work the next day. What was your other one? You had another one or no? No, I had um Gase, Kittle versus Gilmore in the Raiders O line. That's all I got. And we agreed on the Titans. Okay. And the Steelers. All right. So it'll be a fun week seven. All right, JT. Weekend predictions. You know, this is everyone's favorite segment besides the uh trivia time. Um, it's where we get the show where we really don't know anything about sports. So, first one, college number nine, Cincinnati. We know our dude Kendall Calhoun will be watching this game. They are at SMU, SMU's 16th in the nation. Who you got? I got Cincinnati. I think they're the best non power five team in the country. Ooh, okay. I've got Cincinnati too. Um, I'm going with our dude Kendall, and I don't want him to get upset at at us for not picking Cincinnati. No, we do believe that Cincinnati wins this game, even though it's on the road. Uh, staying in college, number three, Notre Dame at Pitt. Who you got? This is where I take a shot and put my money where my mouth is. I said Notre Dame was the overrated ACC team. It's at Pitt. This is a game that Miami would lose. <laughs> I think Notre Dame they they fall short. I'm taking Pitt. Oh, I thought this is where I was going to get you. I took Pitt, too. I took Pitt as well. Pitt, I believe, plays Notre Dame pretty tough. That Pitt defense, I know it's a little banged up, but they See, always play It just seems like tough. a trap game. It, it, to it me, does. I don't know what the Vegas spread is on this, but I feel like if this were a Thursday night game, it'd be much closer than you, you'd feel comfortable with. So the spread was, I believe, at the start of the week, about 10 and a half, 11. so (laughs) it it is it is quite a a large spread but we'll see so we each got pit there number 17 this is kind of a sneaky big game here jt number 17 iowa state at number six oklahoma state i'm taking oklahoma state just because i don't i've seen brock purdy a few times and not really impressed but uh yeah i just got to go with the higher ranked team on this one you know what i wanted to take oklahoma state but I'm going to go Iowa State. You know, I like their head coach, Campbell. But that running game is something to watch. That, yeah, is, what they, I agree. that is what they do at Iowa State this year. So, you know what? I'm going to call the upset there and go Iowa State. That running game's too much for the Oklahoma State defense. So, Big Ten football's back this weekend. The big game Saturday night. This is a tough one to pick, JT. I didn't oh, know this who to, easy. This was a toss-up. Number easy. 18, Michigan at number 21, Minnesota. Who you got? Easy. It's Minnesota. Michigan's on the road, no offseason, and it's Hallbar. Not trusting them. You know what I'm going to say, right? Row the boat. Row the boat. I got Minnesota as well. I thought I told you you couldn't say that on the show no more. Shout Row out to the boat. Too. You can't say it either. Row the boat. Next, I got next. Minnesota we, as we well. We both got Minnesota. As long as you don't say that no more. <laughs> All right, NFL, the big game. We talked about it already. Steelers at Titans, who you got? Steelers, too easy. Ooh, you know what? Steelers always struggle playing on the road against the Titans from the Jeff Fisher days to I don't know how long, even though they're supposedly the curse of the terrible towel after what uh, um, Chris Johnson and company did. Uh, Lendell White, I believe what they did back in the late 2000s there, stomping on the uh, terrible towel after they beat us in Tennessee. But 
I'm going to go to the Titans. I think Devin Bush right now, it's going to be tough to replace him. And like I said, we always struggle in Tennessee for whatever reason, no matter how good we are and no matter how the Titans are. Last one, Seahawks at Cardinals. Oh, to me, I think this is the game of the week. And yeah, that's all. I, I think they flexed it to a Sunday night game. Taking the Cardinals on this one. That's Seattle. Russ is cooking, but that Seattle defense is not good. And the Cardinals showed me something on Monday night. I think the defense is better than people give them credit for. And I think Buda Baker is going to give that offense some trouble for the Seahawks. So I guess that's the upset if I pick the Cardinals. But you just said the Cardinals defense yeah, yeah, isn't even yeah, top yeah, I 15. Know. I know. I know. But I, hey, I don't get you. Don't I also c- picked the Cardinals as a sleeper team, so I got to, you, you know. You just contradict. Got to stay with it. Got to stay You just contradict. Just go ahead and pick the Seahawks because Russell I'm go- Wilson. I'm going Seahawks. I'm not going against All right, Russell. Cool. Are you crazy? Why. Off a of bye week, Chris Carson, he's fresh, ready to go. <laughs> yeah, everybody thought that the Packers coming off a of bye week would be the sure thing too and what happened. So uh, that whole were, bye week thing is I'm not buying that this year. <laughs> well, they were playing a really good defense in Tampa and Tom Brady. So – JT, one of our new segments that we've had, shout-outs. Who you want to shout-out from this past week? Uh, two shout-outs really quick. Um, shout-out to the Rays that are in the World Series. I know the more they win, the happier my home is. But uh, in specific, I want to shout-out their first baseman, G-Man Choi, who is, I'm pretty sure, is my wife's favorite player all year. And um, in Game 2, he became the first Korean-born baseball player to have a hit in the World Series. So shout-out to him. And also, um, I want to shout out a guy that I know you personally love, and that's Sean Kim. So the reason I'm shouting him out is uh, there's a report that he will be opening Seattle's first Black-owned cannabis dispensary. So shout out to him. And I think that's pretty significant because although, you know, marijuana and dispensaries are a big, big-time business now, there was a time where it wasn't and it was illegal, and there are a lot of black and brown people that are serving jail and prison sentences for doing something that is legal now. So to see um, him be the first one to do it as a black man in Seattle, I think that um, is the definition of progress, in my opinion. John Kemp, one of my all-time favorite players, any sport, any any position. Um, I wish he could have got a ring while he earned one, but instead Dwight gets one. But what are you going to do? So – Shout outs. My shout out, Sid Hartman. Rest in peace. He was a Minneapolis sports columnist since 1944. He passed away uh, this past Sunday at the age, JT, of 100. I know. And in fact, he even had a writing piece that was published on the day of his death about the Vikings. So shout out to him. Rest in peace. Um, but he had a great, long, uh, productive life. So if we could all live that long and be that productive at and that write age, that many stories at like that age. Did. Yep. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that was shout outs JT real quick. I got one trivia question for you. We haven't done it in a while. So trivia time, but it's we a real just did quick it last week. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's a real quick one. You're right. We did, but it's a real quick one because. Breaking on Thursday, reports are that Des Bryant um, is going to be on the added to the practice squad of the Baltimore Ravens. So the question is, 
Dez would be only the second former Pro Bowl receiver ever to come back to sit out essentially two full seasons and then come back to play in the NFL. So only the second Pro Bowl receiver ever to sit out two full years, come back and play in the NFL. Who's the other receiver? The only guy I can think of is Josh Gordon. Woo, my guy's on fire. Good job. It is Josh Gordon. Yeah, I don't know who else would sit out for two years in the NFL still wait for him. Well, shout out to Dez. I feel like he's been running routes for three years, so he's earned this opportunity. On social media, right? Yeah, he's been working hard. You can't say he ain't been uh, staying ready. All right, well, well, fans and listeners, that wraps it up for another episode of JT and the Don. It's going to be a big sports weekend, a big football weekend. So enjoy. You still got the World Series going on. So Hold enjoy on, time that. out, time out. One oh. more thing before we go. Special shout out because I've been catching flat for it for about three weeks now. Shout out to the Tampa Bay Lightning for winning the Stanley Cup. And shout out to their biggest fan, Carly Jensen. We love the Tampa Bay Lightning. We promise we will talk about more hockey, and we absolutely think the Lightning are the best team in the world. Anything you want to add to that? Well, my favorite team is the Penguins. Let's make that clear, though, okay? You Carly, you heard that. Take us, it up with JT. You don't speak for both of us, but, Carly, thanks for being a loyal listener. Um, congrats to your Lightning. They did have a great year. They definitely earned it. And I'm just glad it was the Lightning and not like the Philadelphia Flyers or anything. So yeah, nobody wants to see the Flyers win. So, but uh, thanks to all the listeners out there for listening. JT, another great episode in the books. And to the listeners out there, remember to please subscribe to us, JT and the Don All Sports Podcast. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you listen to all of your other favorite podcast and remember if you like what we do leave us a five-star review and jt if you don't like what we do leave us a five-star review please also follow us on social media our handle jt and the don on instagram twitter and facebook so jt great episode as always jt till till the next episode see ya peace